marketing etc takes you into topics and trends in business with a marketing view lens join your host Tokbe Ayedu a multicultural and multi-industry marketing and business leader as he dives into his vast and diverse network to go into conversation with thought leaders and experts in business and marketing Listen to Marketing Etc. on your favorite podcast platform and watch on YouTube. It was the management guru, Peter Drucker, who said marketing encompasses the entire business. It is the whole business seen from the point of view of its final result, that is, from the customer's point of view. This is the philosophy I subscribe to. Today on Marketing Etc. Welcome to the very first edition of Marketing Etc. Where we're going to be talking everything and anything marketing and business. Today I've got a very interesting guest. A veteran of the luxury and beauty industry, Janet Milner Walker. Janet and I went to business school together over a decade ago. And I have followed her journey into beauty, brand, consultancy where she currently spearheads her firm, Bespoke Advantage. Janet, it's really great to have you here today. Thank you very much, Topi. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. So we're just going to go into it, uh, Janet. We'll enjoy our conversation. The, your industry uh, and a, a very interesting one, the, the, the beauty industry. I, I try to look at different stats as to the size of the business. You know, I, I see... Uh, in some instances, um, uh, 2019, over 530 billion USD. In some instances, I've seen nearly 700 billion USD. But it really doesn't matter. I think I was just, you know, amazed to see, you know, that that industry is that huge. You know, mm-hmm. so let's let's kick it off that way. Okay. What what prompted you uh, as a person? You know, apart from the fact that you've got experience in this in this category, what what prompted you to to start you know a, a beauty brand consultancy? So, uh, Topi, as you say, I've been in the industry for almost two, well, over two decades. Shows my age, doesn't it? Um, and I started out uh, working in, as you can hear, I'm South African. So I started out working in the beauty industry in South Africa, and then moved across to the UK and also I worked in the Middle East. And my background's in retail buying, product development and marketing. And as you say, I've worked for lots of big uh, companies, including Boots, Body Shop, Marks and Spencers, Harvey Nichols, to name a few. So after working in the industry for almost two decades and being very passionate about working with beauty founders um, and uh, entrepreneurs, um, because I've de- worked with brands and developed brands and launched them into the marketplace, I'd always wanted to work with brands to make a meaningful difference. And like a lot of us, when we work in our careers, whilst we love our jobs, it's often difficult to make that um, meaningful difference and impact in a large organization. So I decided, having the experience of working in large organizations, to take that experience and then to utilize that to work with brands that I'm passionate about. But brands, not just any brand, brands that really want to make a meaningful impact in the industry. Yeah. 
So our setup was Boca Vantage in 2017. And since uh, launching, we've worked with a lot of brands based in the UK, but also internationally. But all of these are brands that are making a difference in their particular sector, whether that's wellness, hair care, skin care, or cosmetics. Interesting. I, I, I know, I mean, I, when we met when we met back in business school, we, <laughs> we always have this conversation. And, you know, that, that, that was something that definitely stood you out, your, your passion for for the industry so you know not 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 a huge surprise that um you you've ended up uh, doing this but now let's talk about your industry um sure. uh, uh, for me it's really i like i said i was shocked just to, mm-hmm. to see the kind of number that, that i've been seeing which you can shed more light on you know in the past five to ten years mm. how has this industry the beauty you know globally you know uh, the beauty market evolved. What, what's driving? What change have we seen? What 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 evolution have you seen? And, and what do you think has been driving this? So we've seen a lot of changes over the uh, certainly over, and probably most over the last ten years. Um, as a as an industry, the global beauty industry is five hundred and thirty two billion dollars. And in the UK alone, it's growing at 21.1%. So it's one of the fastest growing sectors. Um, and it's been growing at that rate between 2017 and 2021. What's changed significantly is it's no longer just the beauty industry. So a lot of people think about the beauty industry and they think about cosmetics and fragrance and skincare. The beauty industry is part of a much larger industry. So it's part of the wellness industry. What's changed over the last five to 10 years is that beauty, nutrition, fitness, health, um, and wellness have all merged. Mm. So it's no longer just, as I say, beauty in isolation. It's all of these things together that becomes part of the wellness industry. What's also changed significantly, um, as you and I both know, coming from a marketing background, is previously working for big multinational marketing groups like L'Oreal or Estee Lauder, it was always the brands that held the power. That power has now shifted from the brands to the consumer. And this has been led by technology. So um, it's no, you know, inside out beauty has truly evolved. And uh, there's also been a rise in uh, conscious consumerism. So because the power has shifted from brands to consumers, we as consumers have become aware of all the macro trends in the, in the industry, such as um, sustainability, clean beauty. Um, so the power has come into the hands of the consumer. So it's the consumer that's driving this rise in conscious consumerism. And we now are questioning the brands as to what they're doing about this. Since they, you know, these brands have the power that they do, what are these brands doing to address things like transparency, sustainability, uh, making you know clean ingredients and making us aware as consumers of what we use and when we're buying these products. So that's been a, a major shift. Another major shift, which has also been led by technology, is the shift in retail. So the last 10 years, whereas you used to go into department stores or um, uh, health and beauty retailers or perhaps spas and salons to buy beauty products, now you're going online and there are so many other opportunities in which to buy a product. So you've got um, buying from a website alone or you could buy from third party marketplaces, places like Amazon. You you know, you could um, buy through marketing. So as a consumer, you become aware of a brand through affiliate marketing or through social media channels. So retail itself has changed and that, that's also driven the, the rise in the size of the beauty industry, but also in how these different categories um, that were previously individual categories or sectors have all merged together. Mm. 
Yeah, what hasn't changed though, actually, which is great, is the way we as consumers look for products. So we're looking for innovation. We're looking for um, products that are easy to purchase as well. And we're also looking for products that deliver results. So we've always looked for those three things. But the way in which we shop and what we're looking for in terms of credentials from a brand has uh, changed significantly. Interesting, interesting. Uh, you, you know, you, you mentioned um, consumer uh, conscious consumerism. That, yeah. That's the first time I'm, I'm hearing that. Mm -hmm. uh, another buzzword in, in, in marketing, I guess. <laughs> it, is a, it is a buzzword um, in the beauty industry, but also in the fashion industry and also in food as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, there's something you, you touched on in your in your response that I want to to, to pick mm -hmm. up, uh, which which is really about um, uh, what I have seen uh, while while looking at your mm -hmm. you know, beauty industry in general. You know, it's also the the way uh, the industry is sort of categorized. Um, uh, we know there are definitely traditional categorizations or segments, if you want to call mm -hmm. it that. Way. Uh, from you know mass beauty and personal care to skincare to mm -hmm. you know the prestige of premium uh, hair care uh, uh, at least those four will always mm -hmm. be quite traditional um, as part of the evolution that, that, that that's happened over the years in the last five to ten years mm -hmm. have we seen you know uh, new categories coming up strongly that's also helping to drive the entire growth of this industry. Well, we have, and I think um, rather than categories, maybe, the, well, there are categories. So you've got the wellness category as a whole, which I mentioned is um, $4.2 trillion. Um, so that in itself is a category. And then within that, you get subcategories. Um, but, but I think what's changed is really the trends that are driving the industry. And the trends that are driving the industry are then uh, relative to all the different sectors. So when we looked at beauty in the past, as you say, we had skincare, we had cosmetics, fragrance. It was very, very segmented and very defined. And, but because it's blurred now, a lot of what's changed um, in terms of subcategories are these trends that are coming through. So trends such as clean beauty. Um, you've got trends related to uh, supplements themselves. And supplements are not just supplements related to uh, nutrition anymore. These supplements are things that then impact the way, um, impact our skincare, our hair care. So they are across all these different categories. You've got things like CBD products. So CBD products um, have uh, new, numerous health benefits that are related to things like acne, diabetes, weight loss. So it's not just specific to skincare, but it also then impacts these subcategories so, 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 as well. So, sorry, Jenny, I, I, I interrupt you there just for the purpose <laughs> of my audience. So what was CBD? So, um, well, cannabis. So we, I mean, it was always known as a recreational drug, but now it's actually been used okay. for the benefit of our health and wellness. Yeah. Um, and so you, you will see CBD products that are coming up uh, that are related. So I'm working with a number of different CBD brands. Could be related to things that are tonics that you take, so more nutritional, uh, wellness related. But it's, it's an ingredient that has also been then um, formulated um, in skincare products and other traditional beauty products. So that's a big trend that's driving the beauty industry. You've also got things related to um, sleep. So as an, well, as people, apparently 31% of us are suffering from insomnia. So there are now more and more brands that are actually bringing our products in the beauty industry related to helping us sleep better. Mm. So all of these are trends that are coming through in the industry. 
those are some of the trends and I know we get to talk about other trends um, but this is what has changed and this is also these have in, in themselves become subcategories in the industry as well yeah okay that's interesting um, so I've you know now jumped from 532 billion a consciousness of you know talking about uh, a 532 billion dollar industry to talking about a 4.2 trillion industry. That's the size, and that's that's the opportunity that people have now. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's interesting. You touched on something that you know we I, I think you know there's no discussion in manufacturing anything relating to to manufacturing today and taking up your your buzzword conscious consumerism today that we will escape from talking about the issue of sustainability mm-hmm. and and just you know the other day I was looking at at, at um, the research that Ipsos did globally um, about 55% of the respondents were were alluding to some key words mm-hmm. uh, in that research natural clean sustainable mm-hmm. Can we can we can we spend a little bit of time to talk about because this is definitely you know personally I ask you know maybe I should put that to you I ask if uh, the industry you know is sort of gone full cycle when I was growing up uh, natural product that they come quite cheap you know stuff stuff with she mm. butter you know we'll get that quite cheap stuff with coconut oil we'll get that and they are natural homemade mm. and they are mm. cheap. But then, you know, the consciousness was that you, you feel like, you know, this cheap stuff, you know, I don't want to use them. But then it seems that we've gone full cycle. We, we're going back to those, those stuff, you know. So, are we, you know, what, what, what can you say about this issue of clean, natural and sustainability? Okay. So, um, so there are different um, areas there. So the first thing about sustainability is in the beauty industry. If you think about the beauty industry, all you need to do is open up your makeup bags or your toiletry bags or, or your bathroom cabinets. And if you look at the packaging that we have um, and the amount of packaging that we have, because we, we all use numerous products day in, day out, whether it's shampoos and conditioners, toothpaste, um, moisturizers, body lotions, and all of those things come in different um, components. And when you're using cosmetics, from mascaras to lipsticks to blushes to eyeshadows, a lot of that packaging is plastic. So the global beauty industry uses about 120 billion units of um, plastic um, globally a year, and that's according to zero waste. And, that, and a lot of that um, is single-use plastic. So it starts with, um, pla- it actually starts with packaging. So Packaging itself, um, there's a significant ch- changes coming through in the industry to look for alternatives and uh, ways to package your products. So instead of using plastic, what else can we use? Obviously, we can use glass. There are some plastics that are recyclable. So it's not that all plastics aren't recyclable, but it's looking for, particularly when you look at something like cosmetics, where a lot of what we're using in cosmetics is plastic. Um, it's looking for alternative uses, um, ways in which to package um, our products. And there are brands. So if we go back to brands like Body Shop, um, and we, we Body Shop has always been um, a brand. Well, always stood for brand activism as well in the beauty industry, from ingredients to packaging. We've also got brands like Lush Cosmetics. Lush Cosmetics have uh, not too long ago opened something called Naked Stores, where not the people are naked, but the products are naked. Um, So instead of packaging their products, um, you can actually go in and if you wanted to take product home with you, you just decant it into 
um, componentry and you take that home with you. There are also brands like Beauty Kitchen, which are introducing refillable containers, so you can actually reuse your componentry. And actually across the cosmetic industry, there's brands like Charlotte Tilbury, where, um, who, who are looking at refillable packaging as well. Um, and there are other cosmetic brands. So when you buy a palette of eyeshadows, Sometimes you only use one or two of those eyeshadows, so rather than throw that away and then go and buy another one, you can actually buy the individual um, components that go into your palettes so that you are not wasting packaging. So there's a lot going on in terms of um, sustainability and packaging alone. But then when we look at ingredients, there are, there are lots of interesting trends coming through as well. So it's how brands are working directly with farms to use ingredients from farms um, to then um, apply those um, so almost the farms becoming like a lab um, to apply those ingredients into formulations as well so whereas in the food industry you've got farm to table in the beauty industry you've got farm to lab um, so looking at the actual sustainability of growing ingredients that we then use within our actual formulations so that that's all about the natural organic side as well and that also relates to something called biotechnology which is um, a trend an emerging trend that's becoming more and more prominent within the beauty industry as well so in terms of natural and organic um, when we looked at ingredients before you could pick up a, a product and you could read the ingredients and lots of those ingredients you wouldn't even know what they are yeah, that's true. Um, so now we and I think a lot of this is emerging thanks to technology because we're going online we're doing our own research we understand ingredients what ingredients actually mean and that's uh, so that's related to something else coming through in the beauty industry which is about transparency mm. so we are wanting brands to be far more transparent with us because we know that the and this comes back to conscious consumerism which i was talking about earlier we know that um you know the impacts um of growing certain types of ingredients or actually cutting down um trees and plantations the impact that's having on the planet and also some of these things are unnecessary in terms of ingredients in our products so we want to know um, what's going into those products and what is natural what is because there's always a, a confusion about what is natural and what is organic as well and what are the differences are between natural and organic but we want to we want to know that ingredients that are being used are ingredients that we need and that they're not causing unnecessary um, implications in the planet. But if I interject if, so sorry uh, you know keep, keep, keep that thought but if I interject you just touched on something yeah. Organic and natural, and and how you know these are actually can be can be different. Do you want to shed a little light on that? So I think it's quite a vague um, it's quite vague actually between natural and organic, but really natural um, ingredients are ingredients that are grown um, naturally. Um, and so you've got organizations like the Soil Association, which will then um, certify those ingredients. So they will look at the whole process of growing ingredients and how those ingredients are being farmed to um, whether, whether they can actually be um, certified as natural and organic. So there is certification as a brand. You need to be able to provide all of those records in terms of the whole process of growing ingredients. To, to be able to make a claim as to whether something is natural or organic. And you will actually see when you look at beauty um, products, whether they've got that logo and that certification on them. Um, so there's that side of things, the natural and organic, and whether it actually is natural and organic. Um, and there's also something um, called Cosmos Certified as well, which is even more stringent in terms of the process that they go through to certify whether a product is natural and organic. Okay. So those are two symbols you should look out for in the packaging. Thank you. 
it's a wrap on this edition of marketing etc remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on youtube to be notified of new editions as they come on